believe that Jesus was likely born in the spring. Uh, because that's when the shepherds would normally be out in their fields watching over their flocks. So that's what makes them believe it's likely uh, that he was actually born in the spring. The folks at Target and Walmart uh, talked to the folks who set the dates and said, hey, we're kind of slow in December, see if we can't move it back a bit. Uh, But anyway, uh, likely Jesus was born in the spring. Uh, So as we continue in our study of the story, uh, we are working through God's Word, Genesis to Revelation, in 31 Sundays. This is Sunday number 22, which brings us to the birth of the king. Uh, That's page 309, if you have the story with you. You probably remember there are three different gospel accounts of the birth of Jesus. Uh, Matthew focuses on Jesus' birth to a virgin mother, as well as to her husband-to-be, Uh, They were a spouse, they were pledged, we would say they were engaged, so to speak, Joseph. And Matthew introduces us to the angels who spoke to Mary and to Joseph, the Magi, the wise men, and them running away from Herod. To what country? Anybody remember? They ran to Egypt, right. Okay. Uh, Dr. Luke tells us about the earthly cousin of Jesus, and his name was John the Baptizer, right? and Mary's visit with her cousin, Elizabeth, and Dr. Luke records the details of the census. That's why uh, they had to go, Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem. The birth in a manger, the shepherds being the first human witnesses of the newborn king, and they also became the very first missionaries. Pastor Chad talked about that this last Christmas. The third account of the birth and the coming of Jesus is found in the Gospel of John. So that's what we're going to look at today, actually, Gospel of John. Uh, He talks about the pre-existence of the Son of God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's the doctrine of the incarnation, where eternal God takes on the limitations of time and space. Literally, Jesus was born as God with skin on. He took on a human body, and he entered time and space. Jesus Christ is one person with two natures. He's fully human, and at the same time, he's fully God, fully divine. Would you please stand with me, if you're able? And we're going to read out loud together John's inspired words. Uh, This is the most amazing journey anybody's ever taken, anytime, anywhere, and we're going to see some amazing, awesome facts about the newborn king. Verse 1, John 1, we'll read down to verse 14. Ready? Here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him... All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for uh, (laughs) those amazing and awesome verses we just read. They're some of the best and the brightest and the most profound in all of your book. So thank you for preserving those details. And Lord, I pray that uh, as we focus on John chapter 1, Lord, you'll open up our minds and soften our hearts. Lord, help us to receive the truth, the powerful facts that you have in mind for each and every one of us. Thank you for sending your Son to become flesh and make his dwelling among us. Thank you, Lord, that uh, because he took on human form, he can relate and we can relate to him, God with skin on, Jesus Christ who came full of grace and truth. We invite your spirit right now to fill this room. Take charge in your church today. May your presence and your power be received today. We're listening. We drink deeply from you. May Jesus be honored and glorified as we study your book together. Right now, in your church. And all the church at Walloon Lake said with a strong Christmas voice. You may be seated, yes. Weren't sure if you wanted to say amen to that or not, huh? It's the wrong month. No, it's probably the right month. But that's a different story, okay? First fact that is awesome and amazing, okay? The very first fact that we're going to focus on from John chapter 1 that is awesome and amazing, I'm going to get you saying that in a little bit, uh, is that he's always existed as the Word. Jesus has always existed as the Word. Look back at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word, what's, what's it say? Was God. He was with God in the beginning. He always was there. He always has existed. Uh, and that in the beginning, that should have a familiar ring. Where do we get in the beginning uh, else in God's Word? Where? Tell me. In Genesis chapter 1, and verse 1, we, and, and again, John's trying to get us to think about that. Oh, yeah. I, I recognize those, those words, Genesis 1.1, and he's telling us that the person he's talking about was active and involved and alive 
in the activities of Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. That's why he, he wants us to think that way. In the beginning was the Word. Well, what or who is the Word? Slide down to verse 17. It tells us. Uh, the Word, the person that he's been talking about, those first 16 verses, is none other than Jesus Christ. It's Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was Jesus Christ, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Trekking? That, that's, that's his point here. He, he always was God. He was with God because he is God, and he always was and he always will be. He, he's telling us that Jesus, the Word, is eternal in his existence. Eternal in the past, eternal in the future. Jesus exists and always has existed. He is forever. Jesus did not begin when he took on a human body in the manger. Sometimes you think, well, when did he begin? Well, well, when he was born. No, that's when he took on a human body, but he's always existed. And look back at verse 1. I want to show you something else. tells us that Jesus was the Word, and yet he was with God, and he was God. Meaning, he's separate from the Father, but he's the same. Uh, what do you mean? Well, Jesus was with God, different person, uh, but he was God. Same nature. That, that's the wonder and the mystery of the Trinity. Uh, let's talk about Pastor Brant for a second, okay? Brant, are you a son? Answer. Are you a husband, Brant? Are you very soon going to be a father? You already are a father, but you just haven't got to hold uh, that bundle of joy yet. Let's, let's go that far. He already is a father. So you are a son, and you are a husband, and you are a father, but you're just one person. How could this be? One person, and yet you show yourself in three distinct ways. That's as good as I got, folks. Uh, that, that's as close as you're going to get to understanding a little bit about the Trinity, okay? But, but it kind of helps you just get a few peaks there, okay? God's Word is telling us something profound here. Jesus Christ existed before He took on a human body in that manger in Bethlehem, okay? And He is one in nature with God the Father. So that's the first fact that you can say, wow, that fact is awesome and amazing, both at the same time. Wouldn't you agree? Want to say it with me? That fact is awesome. You've got to lean into it, you know? Growl a little bit, okay? That fact is awesome and amazing. Yeah, yeah, and then you can go up a little bit. Yeah, this is good. The second fact that John details here that is awesome and amazing uh, is the fact that he created... The cosmos, the universe. He spoke everything that exists into existence. So think about it. That's why he's called the Word, because when the Word speaks, powerful things happen. Well, where do you see that? Look at verse 3. That's what John's telling us. Through him, Jesus, the Word, how many things were made? 
What's that word? All things were made. Without him, without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. It, it couldn't be clear, right? The word was the creative one. The word is the one that literally made everything that's been made. Slide down to verse 10. It says it again. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, through Jesus, the world didn't recognize him. Okay? Jesus is the creative and the creator person of the Trinity. I like to think of it this way. The Father is the corporate side. He's the planner. He's the organizer. Jesus is in production, if you will. And the Holy Spirit is in shipping and customer service. Okay? So maybe that helps you out a little bit. But, but anyway, the one who is the creator, the one who's making everything, was Jesus, the creative and creator part of the Trinity. The one who created the heavens and the angels and the billions and billions of galaxies. Which of the Trinity was the creator? A few of you. Uh, this isn't tricking. I won't, I, won't, I won't play trick or treat. That's a different holiday. Uh, uh, the creative, creator one of the Trinity is, say it, it's Jesus. He created the stars, the planets, the Milky Way, our solar systems, planet Earth. Uh, he created the Grand Canyon, Lake Michigan, uh, oceans, the Bear River, the nations of this world. Jesus created our families and individuals. He created you. Matter of fact, he created you. You have your own unique DNA. Jesus created the protons, the neutrons, the electrons that make up you and all of the elements in the cosmos. Uh, through Jesus, all things were made. Without Jesus, look at verse 3, nothing was made that has been made. I'm going to pause here for a moment. And there's kind of like a, a wonderful little section over in Colossians that I want you to turn to. Okay, So hold your spot and, and go to Colossians chapter 1. Dan's going to put it up there on the screen for us. But I, I just want to show you this. This other thing that Paul says that, that works right along with this and, and explains with a little more detail, uh, here's what uh, Paul writes, For by Jesus all things were created. Uh, just in case that doesn't uh, click, here's what he said. Uh, things in heaven and things on earth. Things that are visible, you can see with your eyeballs, things that you can't see. So he's like, uh, how many things? Uh, everything in heaven and everything on earth, everything you can see, everything you can't see, how many things did Jesus make? Answer? Oh, all of them. Verse 17. Jesus is before all things. <laughs> he existed before them all, existed always, and in Jesus, this is kind of cool, all things are held together. So, the, the reason we don't just fly apart, the reason this world just doesn't blow up, um, it, it's Jesus. Now, I, I sprung some of this on you way back when we started the story, and we talked about creation, but this, I, for me, this is interesting. So I apologize, but I just want to tell you a little bit about the creative genius 
of Jesus and his creation. So I hope you don't mind. Uh, Jesus created the 400 billion stars in our galaxy. So in our little galaxy that we, we inhabit, uh, there are 400 billion, four with nine zeros behind it, stars. And this galaxy that Jesus planted us in, track with me here, is 100,000 light years in diameter. So if you get in your rocket ship and you go from one end of this galaxy to the other, it's going to take you 100,000 light years to cover that, that distance in our galaxy. And that's traveling at 186,000 miles per... Anybody? Second. Every second you're going 186,000 miles per second. It's going to take you 100,000 years to go from one side of our galaxy to the other. <laughs> and you just go, awesome, Jesus. Wow. Wow. Uh, now, now, let's get a little bigger. Uh, now... That's our one little galaxy. Um, the latest estimates, you say, well, how many galaxies are there? Maybe two or three? Like maybe ten? Uh, okay, let's, let's go big. There's like a thousand galaxies, right? Uh, the latest estimates are, are you ready for this? They believe today there are about 500 billion galaxies. So we have 400 billion stars in our little galaxy, and we got kind of a small one, but there are up about 500 billion galaxies in the universe just like ours, many of them much larger. So, so is that kind of, is your brain starting to track? I like to think about this. And then, and then suddenly you realize, wow, uh, there are 200,000 billion billion stars that Jesus spoke into existence. 200,000 billion, billion stars. That's a one with 18 zeros behind it. Multiplied times 200,000. Uh, so, uh, what, what do you do with a number like that? Uh, okay, let, let me give you just a little bit of perspective. And, and I like this. How many grains of sand would you guess are on planet Earth? Uh, 2,000 billion billion grains of sand is the smart guy's estimate and gals. Uh, so 2,000 billion billion grains of sand on planet Earth, but they believe there are 200,000 billion billion stars in the universe. <laughs> so yeah, you go, whoa, whoa, that, that's a lot of stars. That, that Jesus spoke into existence, and I, I'll try not to snap any of your brains, but if you go from uh, one side of the universe, and you get in your spaceship, and you're going to fly all the way to the other side of, of the universe, any guesses how long that's going to take you? They're going to tell you it's going to take you approximately 156 billion light years. Uh, traveling really fast at 186,000 miles per second. Here's, here's what I know. The more we know about our universe, the more awesome 
Jesus gets. Amen? That you go, whoa, he spoke that, and, and not only did he speak it into existence, but he holds it all. He's the super glue, keeping it from flying apart. He, he, he's amazing, and, and he's awesome, and, and that's our Jesus. So uh, let's just get a little perspective. Let, let's go back to John 1, okay? And, and you have Mary, and she's there, and she's in the stable, or perhaps a cave, uh, a place where they had animals sleeping, and, and she pushes Jesus out of her cervix. Don't talk that way, Pastor Jeff. It's true, because he was fully human, and it was just like you were born or I was born if, if you were born uh, natural birth. So she pushed the awesome, eternal creator of the universe out of her cervix, and you go, whoa, whoa. Uh, and he's also the awesome, eternal creator of everything and everyone. And you just step back and you go, whoa. <laughs> that fact is awesome and amazing. <laughs> Don't you think? Want to say it with me again? It's kind of fun. That fact is awesome and amazing. Yeah, yeah. All at once. Okay, number three. Fact number three that's awesome amazing, is that Jesus, uh, when he was born, became fully, 100% man. Go to verse 14. Verse 14. This, it says, the word, that's Jesus, the word, we already showed you that, uh, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word means matter, means skin and body. The word, when it, when it says became flesh, became something physical, something you could touch, something that was one of us. Literally, he took on a human body uh, that is just like your body and mine. So how did this happen? And, and tell me more about this. Well, the best place to turn to is Luke's record, so hold your spot and go to Luke chapter 1. Would you quickly? Luke chapter 1, and we get some more detail on this starting in verse 30. So the angel's talking to Mary and says, Hey, Mary, don't be afraid. <laughs> what? I'm just going to... The, the creator of the cosmos, the one who spoke uh, the 500 billion galaxies, is going to come and inhabit my body? Uh, don't be afraid, Mary, uh, because you found favor with God. Okay? Verse 31, a little more detail. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you're going to call him Jesus. He's going to be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he'll reign over Jacob's descendants. How long? That's the book of Revelation. His kingdom will never end. Now, here's the question that is appropriate. She should have asked this, and we would ask this. <clears throat> uh, excuse me, angel, but how, how can this be? Uh, I'm still a virgin. I, I've, never, I've never been with a man. I've not slept with my uh, husband-to-be. To be. We're espoused. We're engaged. Uh, and the angel answered, verse 35, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
So the Holy One to be born will be called Son of God. Verse 35, it's huge. The Holy Spirit created life with Mary so that Jesus was born from the egg of Mary to be fully human. And coupled with the creative power of God through the Holy Spirit, Jesus was also fully God. You got it? So you got the human part with Mary's egg coupled with the Holy Spirit, which is fully God. And now you can go back to John chapter 1 and look at verse 14. tells us the Word, second person of the Trinity, became flesh and lived among us here on earth. This is huge. This is hard. Second grade teacher said, put your thinking caps on. Okay? So I would tell you right now, what should you do? Put your thinking caps on. Okay, here we go. Jesus had to be both fully God and fully man. Why? Because if Jesus was not God, then his death was insufficient to take care of the requirements of God the Father. Uh, If he was just another man, if he was just another sinner like you and I, then his death on the cross would not redeem. Uh, If Jesus was not fully man, then he wouldn't be our representative. He couldn't represent you and I, and God couldn't account for his death because he wasn't fully man. So he needed to be both fully God and fully man. And notice verse 14, it says, key word, he became. The word became flesh. Why? Because there was a moment in time where Jesus, the Word, took on a human body. Up to that point, He was the second person of the Trinity. And now, He takes on a human body. He becomes human flesh. And that's the key truth of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, right? The eternal creator of the universe took on a human body. Why? Because it mattered when it comes to the cross. Fully God, fully man, and you think of that fact, and what should you say? That fact is what? That's awesome. <laughs> that's an awesome fact, and, and that's an amazing fact, too. It's both. It really is. Uh, fact number four. Okay? That is both awesome and amazing. He lived a human life like you and me. It, meaning... He, he breathed air, uh, he walked, he talked, he ate, he got belly aches, he worked, um, he got stuff in his eye, uh, he experienced pain, uh, he had loss, we know he cried, um, he, he lived a human life. Look back at verse 14, it says a lot. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He lived among us. We've seen His glory. We've seen Him live. The only Son who came from the Father. And I like this description of Jesus. What was Jesus? He was full of what? Grace and truth. Yeah. That's a, that's a good thing. When you're talking about Jesus, what was He? He was, he was full of grace and He was full of truth. So for 33 years, Jesus lived and walked and talked and ate and drank and experienced pain and loss and tears. He lived just like you and I do 
in a fallen, sinful, difficult, pain-filled planet Earth. If you want to hold your spot, I want to show you a couple of verses that I think are amazing. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Start with verse 14. We have a great high priest who's ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. And in verse 15, hold on to the faith we firmly profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize or empathize, well, and that's a hard word for me to say today, with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he never sinned. So Jesus took on skin and human body and he lived on planet Earth for 33 years and now he understands what it means for someone to betray you. Some of you have been betrayed. Some of you had people tell lies about you. Some of you have had people reject you. Some of you have had people that you love all the way down deep who've died and they've left you. Guess what? Jesus understands. Because every one of those things he's experienced. Just like you. Just like me. He gets it. He, he walked on this earth. He can relate. When you stub your toe and you want to say a bad word, Jesus understands that. Why? Because he stubbed his toe. Because, because uh, thankfully, he, he didn't say a bad word like maybe we did. But, but again, he understands when you got a friend or a loved one who, who dies or turns their back on you or doesn't come through for you. He gets it when we struggle and fall and hurt. And I don't know about you, but that makes me want to worship him more, the fact that he understands, right? He gets it. He understands us. I, I find that fact, any guesses? Awesome and amazing. Yeah, I, I think that's a marvelous fact. Okay, fact number five. That is indeed awesome and amazing. Verse 12, here it is. Jesus offers us the opportunity to join his family. He says, hey, you want to be a part of my family? My heavenly family? You want to be related to royalty? You want to come into relationship with with me and be one of my children? Look at verse 12. This, this fact blows the circuits, yet to all received him. Who's the him? Jesus is the subject here. Yet to all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, believed in the name of Jesus, catch the last part of verse 12. Jesus gives the right, gives the honor, gives the privilege to become children of God. Whoa. We get to be a part of the family. His family. Related to royalty, we get to be a part of his royal kingdom. Uh, Three words to focus on. Look at verse 12. To those who received him, uh, those who received Jesus. Um, Let's let's talk about this money right here, okay? Uh, That's always helpful, don't you think, Sam? Uh, and I got this dollar, and, and I'm thinking that I want to give it to you, Sam. And, and I think that it should be yours, and you're saying, great, and I could use a dollar. Uh, um, and 
It's, it's all good and fine, but it really isn't yours until you do what? Receive it. Happy birthday, Sam. <laughs> um, until you receive it and you take it for yourself, now that dollar belongs to Sam, right? Uh, and once you take, yeah, you talk about it, and I love you, Jesus, but you got to receive it for yourself. Then suddenly that, that becomes yours, and you receive Jesus. Uh, another key word, verse 12, um, is believe. All those who received him and believe. To those who believe, I believe the facts that you're presenting to me, Jesus. I believe in what you've said about your. I believe... Those awesome and amazing facts are true, and they're true for who? For me. For me. Okay? So I, I'm going to run through these awesome and amazing facts of John chapter 1, and I want you to just say them out loud with me. Because you know what? The, these are the facts on which our faith is based. Listen closely. Christianity, followers of Jesus... Our faith is based on facts, on historical facts. And we believe those facts, and like Sam took the dollar, we receive those facts for ourselves. That's how we become. Those are the gospel facts. Those are the biblical facts, and the facts believed and received make us children of God. Does that make sense? Tracking with me? Okay, so here are the awesome and amazing facts, and we're going to declare them out loud together. You can repeat after me. Jesus, I believe. You're the second person of the Trinity. <laughs> and Jesus, I believe, say it like you mean it, that you took on human flesh for me. Puny, goofy me. Sorry, I'm talking about myself. Jesus, I believe that you're the creator and the sustainer of all of life. And Jesus, I believe you took my place on the cross and you shed your blood, Jesus, for my sin problem. And oh, that's a big problem. <laughs> Come on, you can say that. <laughs> and Jesus, I believe you took my place in the tomb. And Jesus, I really believe you didn't stay dead. Early Sunday morning, you arose from the dead. And you did that for me. So right now, by faith, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I'm one of your kids. No turning back. This is for keeps. I'm a part of the family. Amen and amen. See, those are facts. Facts to be believed. Facts to be received. And that's what John is shouting at us. It's like, whoa, this is an honor. This is a privilege. We get to be a part of his family. We get to be children of the word, sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I would say to you, those facts are, say it with me as we close, awesome and amazing. Let's pray. Lord, we don't deserve any of that which we just read about from John. Not, not 
one little bit have we earned or merited or deserved. It's all grace. So we just want to pause and say, thanks. Your grace, your goodness to us is something that we don't deserve, but it just makes us love you even more. And Lord, if there's anybody here who's never taken those facts personally for themselves, they've never believed them by faith and received Jesus as their King and their Lord and their Master, they've never made those facts personal, might today be the start of new life in you. Thank you that we can celebrate your taking on human flesh. Even when it's spring. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus. He changes everything. Everything about this world changes when you bring your son, Jesus, into the equation. So we rejoice over who he is and what he's done and what he's doing. I want to pray for my friends right now who are right in the middle of difficulty and trouble and trial. Lord, help them to have the faith to turn to you. To cast whatever care, whatever burden, whatever painful situation they're facing, may they cast that on your awesome arms. And Lord, I pray that you'll replace it with your awesome peace your holy calmness. Guard their hearts and their minds. We love you. We rejoice. And now, Lord, as we stand and worship you, it's a privilege to know your son personally. It's a privilege to know these facts. Help help each and every one of us to live them out in this week ahead. And it's in the awesome and amazing name of Jesus we pray all these things. Let's stand together.